head that way in a minute. I want us to, uh, <clears throat> you know, you're far enough away, I'm just going to get closer. So, uh, to get us into this, some people say that we are what we eat. Any pizzas here? Chocolate. I didn't ask that question. I said, any chocolate here? Chocolates here? Okay. All right. All right. Uh, any sushi here? Any sushis? Yeah. That's all right. Don't be embarrassed. Raise your hand. Okay. I didn't ask this one last night either. Any junk food? Oh, we'll just kind of not, not admit that one. And some say we are what we read. Sports page. Uh, romance novels, nonfiction. Okay. Uh, some people say we are what we think. So they toss around phrases like "get the attitude of gratitude," or um, "or stop your stinking thinking." Text suggests that uh, we are what we behold. We are what we behold. I want to read this uh, from the New American Standard uh, translation. I, I think it gets at it a little closer. Um, it says, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as from the Lord the Spirit. That's the text. Uh, most, many, not most, many scriptures are plain and simple. You read them, you know what they say, you know it's like what Mark Twain was quoted to have saying, it's not the parts of the Bible that I don't understand that bother me, it's the parts of the Bible I do understand that bother me. Well, this is one of those verses that needs some unpacking because it references some things that happened before. And, and so I want us to unpack that for a little bit in order for us to get at uh, what it's trying to say. There is a simple sentence in the, in the verse, and it is this. You see it there? We all are being transformed. That's the simple sentence. We all are being transformed. Now when Paul begins this thought, he is not referring to everyone. Though it's certainly a possibility. Paul can come to Christ, yes? Right? There isn't anyone that's outside of his grace. He invites everyone to come to him. True? True? Okay, ask the person next to you if they think that. And true. Just making sure that making sure you're here. Um, it's true. There is, no one, there is no one person who cannot come to Christ. All can. But that's not who Paul's talking about here. So we all, and it's the plural, it's the third person plural of y'all. Um, we all are those who have turned toward the Lord. Uh, look in verse 16 if you have the Bible open. In verse 16 it says, But whenever a person turns to the Lord, then the veil is taken away. 
not going to talk about the veil today. That's another sermon for another time. In fact, I got the, uh, an email from Bob Broadbrooks this morning, and that's going to be his focus next month um, for, for the chapel service. Whenever a person turns to the Lord, the, the veil is taken away, open to anyone. But the turning is necessary. It's not something that he does for us. It's something that he waits for us to do. The turning is necessary. And here's another sermon for another time. Uh, isn't it interesting that the only way that we see the Lord clearly here is after we've turned to him, not before. We see him more clearly when we're fully beholding him than we did prior to that. Another whole conversation about grace. So that we all are those folks who have turned to him. And it says then, what's happening to we all? Well, we're being transformed. We're being changed. The result of our turning, the result of our beholding is that we're changed, we're transformed. We are not who we were, but we are becoming who we were meant to be. Becoming who we were meant to be. Now, this is not the kind of change that, that you hear about when you hear a, a TV interview someplace or, or maybe watch it on YouTube or something. Um, you know, the person says, after that, after that event, I, I'm, I'm, I'll never be the same again. Well, that's true of special times in our lives. We're never the same after that. That's true of traumatic times in our life. Well, we all know that. We're never the same again. It's also true, though, of really, of just ordinary time. I mean, we, we won't be the same. We're not the same now as we were two minutes ago. We're different now than we were just then. Right? Yes? This is not a trick question. Right? We're different now than we were just then. It's not that kind of changing that Paul is talking about here. It's not circumstantial. It's not because events have, uh, have shaped us in such a way that we'll never be the same again. The transformation that he's talking about here is wrought. There's a King James word for you. I don't know where that came from. Um, it, was, it, was, it, is, it, is, it is a change. Man, it, it is, has been wrought. Okay. It, has been, it is not wrought by something. It is being affected by someone. Affected by someone. He says at the, verse, at the end of verse 18 that it is the, the Lord, or, or the Spirit, who is the Lord, that's making that difference. One writer put it this way, and I was glad to come across it. He said, he said, only the grace of God is kind enough, and the power of God strong enough to achieve this transformation in our broken and darkened hearts. Let me read it again. Only the grace of God is kind enough and the power of God strong enough to achieve this transformation in our broken and darkened lives. It's not just a past tense statement. It's a present tense statement. 
places where we're not quite what we want to be, the grace of God is kind enough and powerful enough to transform us. In the places where we have questions, the grace of God is kind enough, the power of God strong enough to help us through the questions. So we all, usans, are being transformed, but into what? The text says, into the same image. Now again, one of these pieces of this verse just has plenty of exegetical work for it. What is the image? It's the image that we're beholding as in a mirror. It's the image of the glory of the Lord. But we can't behold the glory of the Lord and still live, can we? Isn't, isn't there a place, some place in Scripture where that says that? Yes? Hmm? So, a couple of things about that phrase. First, the Lord that's, being ref that's referred to here is Yahweh, the Lord of hosts. The I Am. But Paul says we are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Well, how is that possible? It's possible because we see Yahweh's glory in the life, death, and resurrection in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Okay. He's the one that we're beholding when we're fully turned toward the Lord. John reminds us of this in the beginning of his gospel. He says, And the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son. We are being transformed, Paul says, we are being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We are becoming more and more and more like Jesus. We're reflecting him more and more the longer that we're beholding him. People see a bit more of him in us today than they did yesterday. And they'll see a bit more of him in us tomorrow than they did today. if we're beholding him as he's transforming us. Reminds me of the old testimony you used to hear when I was a kid when I used to use the word rot. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, I'm not what I used to be and I'm not what I'm going to be but thank, no I'm not what I want to be and I'm not what I'm going to be but thank God I'm not what I used to be. Amen. And that kind of declaration is intent, we're intended to be able to say that tomorrow in a new way. Not what I want to be, not what I'm going to be. Thank God I'm not what I used to be. The simple sentence in the passage is, we all are being transformed and the transformation results in Christ-likeness. So that's, what poss that's what's possible. That's what can be. But if you read the chapter, you'll find that there is at least one alternative that Paul's talking about. Not everyone's doing that. 
Reality is, is that we know folks who know about Christ who, cho who choose to look some other way. We know people who know about Jesus whose focus is on someone other than him. So this is not a done deal. We still participate in this process and, and so I want to remind us that who we're beholding does make a difference. Let's see who's here. Most of us at one time or another in our lives sung, have sung Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's see, let's try it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. Well, the text says that just the opposite is, is true if our eyes are someplace else. If we behold something or someone other than Christ, then the things of the earth grow brighter and brighter. They grow more and more appealing. They grow more and more beckoning and all the while dimming and dimming the light of Christ's glory and grace. Who we are beholding does make a difference. And, and I want to just caution us here too uh, that we don't make the Christ that we're beholding into a Jesus that's shaped in our own image. Let me say that again. I want to be careful that, that we don't make the Christ that we're beholding into a Jesus that's shaped in our own image. I read someplace somewhere, and I would give you the reference, but I don't know where it is. They asked, it was a class project, and they asked students to describe Jesus, to, to say what he was like. And so the students took the time, and they wrote down uh, what those descriptions were like, and then they turned them in. And then they asked the students to describe themselves. Take a minute, wrote down those descriptions, and then turned those in. You know what happened, don't you? That the Jesus they described was very much like the person they were. So the quiet folks thought Jesus was a quiet kind of guy. And the bold people thought that Jesus was a bold kind of person. And the rowdy folks thought that Jesus was up for a revolution any day, any time. And the quiet folks were sure that he was quiet. One of the graces that God gives us is that he helps us see Jesus beyond our own preconceptions of him. And those preconceptions, if we're not, but those preconceptions, if we're not careful, can bind us into this, this narrow view. wind up with a limited Jesus. So, uh, so who we're beholding makes a difference and so I want to caution us to make sure to make sure and I've forgotten how I've said it, sorry.
to make sure that we're not settling for my Jesus. And perhaps missing the fullness of the Christ of the Lord's glory. Who we're beholding makes a difference. The kind of Jesus we're looking at has an impact. I do want to say too that who we're beholding offers us hope. Aren't you glad that this is, this is a reality, that this is a possibility? Uh, this transforming into the same image? Really? One commentator said that, that when this is happening, those persons who are fully turning toward him are fully realizing the meaning or their original status as creatures in God's image. The most wonderful changes that are happening here are not only possible, but natural. This is not an exception. This is what God has intended for us from the very first of our breaths until now. That we would be conformed into the image of His Son, says in Romans 8, 29. Conformed into the image of His Son so that He could be the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. It's what God has had in mind for us all the time. It offers hope. It offers hope for those of us who feel stuck. I won't ask for a raise show of hands. <laughs> but it does. It offers hope for us, for those who feel stuck, because the process, Paul says, is intended to be an ongoing present reality. We are being transformed, he says. Now, we can be transformed or we might be transformed or a week from Tuesday according to your Outlook calendar. You know, put a pencil in and be transformed that day. We are being transformed into Christ-likeness. So it's hope for those who are stuck and it's also a corrector for those of us who think we've arrived. Because the transforming that he's talking about here is not just a one-time event, but it is a moment-by-moment-by-moment moment moment event. It is taking place now. It is intended to take place tomorrow and the day after and the day after until he comes again. So it's hope for those who feel stuck. It's an opportunity there for those of us who feel like we've arrived. So... Um, need to ask. The question we need to ask ourselves is this. Are, are we fully turned toward the Lord or are we just kind of looking in his general direction? Are, are we fully facing him knowing that he's there or are we just kind of keeping, keeping close tabs but we've got other things to do? You, you ever talk with people who do that? Now, now I'll be self-conscious about it afterwards. But, but when, they, when they talk to you, they don't, they don't shake hands. This is not a trick. They don't shake hands like this. It's kind of one of these kind of deals. Or when they talk to you, it's kind of over the shoulder or over the side of their face. They're not fully engaged in the moment. 
a little defensiveness or a little closeness or, or, or maybe they're seeing who they can shake hands with next, I, you know. Um, so the question is for us, it's especially true for us because of where we are and what we do. Uh, are we fully beholding him or are we just kind of looking in his general direction? See, if we're fully beholding him, he says that as we do that, he will transform us into a mirror image of himself. A mirror image of Christ. If we're only looking in his general direction, well, then the image looks like those kind of odd-shaped people we see in the mirrors at the funhouse at the county fair. Head too big, stomach too big, feet too big, caricatures. Not fully the Christ likeness that he has in mind for us. If we're fully beholding him, then the transforming that's taking place in our lives will be the work of the Holy Spirit. And it lasts for eternity. If we're just kind of recognizing where he is but working on our own thank you very much then the transformation will be the result of self-determination or self-actualization or some other kind of self-help thing and it'll make a difference but it won't be what we really want so the invitation that's here in this passage for us this morning in a new way is to turn fully toward him to turn fully toward him and to allow him to transform the all of we all. The all of we all. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Let it be so. I want to end the service with a song. Uh, it's, uh, we don't do this very often, but the song says it well, and I just want us to participate in it. It will be, facilitate our response to the invitation to fully behold him. Go ahead, Vic. Mm -hmm.